Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. We are pleased to welcome back author of Model Man, Pastor Larry Stockstill from Bethany Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In a special message brought to the men's ministry of Christian Life Austin, here's Pastor Larry Stockstill with his sermon entitled Honor. You know, uh, I'm not going to take long, brothers. I heard about one guy that preached. He really liked his message, and he preached for about three hours. <laughs> and a guy got up to leave, and it offended this pastor, and he stopped, and he said, Sir, where are you going? And the guy turned around and said, I'm going to get a haircut. <laughs> he said, Why didn't you get a haircut before you came? The guy looked back and said, I didn't need a haircut before I came. <laughs> so they didn't put me on a clock or anything, but I, I, I'm not going to go but about 30 minutes. But I, what I have is a real, I think, uh, a pertinent, powerful word for you on honor. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can honor you. Though we have never seen you, we love you. And we bow our knee before you in honor. And tonight, Lord, I thank you for the honor that exists in heaven. As they cry, worthy is the Lamb and glory and honor and blessing. Now, Lord, show us about this powerful principle and use it in our lives to bring alignment to our relationships. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I love Destin, Florida, and um, my wife and I vacation down there. We really love it, five hours from us. And we were in a condominium in September on vacation. We rented a condominium there. And um, one afternoon, I was taking a nap, but it started pouring rain outside. Usually it's sunny in Destin, but it was lightning and thunder and blowing a, a wind. I mean, you, the ocean was churned up. The clouds were just, just going crazy. The whole, it was one of those days you stand at the window and just look out like, wow, look at the ferocity of this storm. Well, they had an American flag on a pole between the condo and the beach or the water. And Melanie was sitting there looking out at that flag and suddenly a man, a large man, a security officer came out onto the beach. I'm talking about everything blowing crazy and walked up under that flagpole and put his hand over his heart and looked up at that flag. And then he threw a salute to the flag like this. And then he gently started taking that flag down. And he folded. I'm talking about, you talk about dangerous in the light. It was cracking everywhere all around him. He never phased him. And he folded that flag and he put it up under his arm, Pastor. And Melanie said he walked back in that building like he never rained. He never even noticed rain. 
And what that means to some of you that are in this building who literally laid down your life on a battlefield somewhere wearing the American uniform is probably easy for you to understand. That a man up in his 60s now would risk his life really to go out there and pull the American flag down because of this word that I want to highlight to you tonight. Honor. Honor is looking beyond a physical thing to the spiritual dimension it represents. That flag was not, it's a piece of fabric flapping in the breeze, but it represents millions of American soldiers that have served and hundreds of thousands that have laid down their lives, ended their lives trying to protect our freedom. And that's why he walked out there that day and through that salute put his hand over his heart. See, there's a, there's a principle here of the power of looking beyond just what your eyes see to what something represents. And I, of course, like to refer to heaven because in heaven they say honor and glory. Glory and honor are in almost every song in the book of Revelation. I've been reading them the last few days in my daily Bible reading. And in every one of them, worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Honor and glory are in every one of those songs. Honor is, is a word that belongs to men and God. Glory is a word that only belongs to God. You never use the word glory in terms of a, of a man. You use the word honor because it is appropriate in seven areas to honor human beings. And it is appropriate to honor Jesus as the Messiah, as our Lord, our Savior, our King, because of his human nature as well. But glory only belongs to God, the invisible God. Never give glory to a human being. I, I deflect any glory that someone tries to give me because I don't want it. I do not receive glory. I will not receive it because you'll get in big trouble with God. Just ask that brother in Acts 12, king, the king who was eaten with anointed worms and died because he did not give God the glory. You, you have to give God all the glory. Come on, lift your hands and just give God all the glory. Tell him, I give you the glory. I, I give you all the glory, Lord, for my business, for my home, for my accomplishments. For the things I've done, it's, it's all of the glory belongs to you. Praise you, mighty God. You might as well clap your hands to the Lord and glorify him. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Jesus did not even receive glory on earth. He said, glorify thy name. So please do not give glory to a man. But you must... Give honor to the relationships in your life. I believe honor is the gravity of the kingdom of God. 
Gravity holds everything together on earth. If it weren't for gravity, we'd be flying out somewhere past Venus right about now. But gravity is holding you in that chair. Gravity is an unseen, invisible force that holds this world together. Honor is the gravity, the very gravity of the kingdom of God. If we do not understand that principle of honor, then things begin to fly apart in our lives. And I want to bring you back to that, to zero, to, to what does it mean to, to honor a, a visible thing because of an invisible thing. Now here's the first part of honor. I'm going to give you about seven areas of honor. Shortly, just, just a quick. I'm going to touch on them. Like that guy said, I'm going to jump them and you run them, okay? (laughs) Number one, you honor God. There's a verse in Malachi where God said to his people, Malachi 1.6, a son honors his father, or should, and a servant his master. If then I am a father, God said, where is my honor? Where is my honor? For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. If I am a father, God said, where's my honor? Because they were bringing him old sheep that were half lame and half limp and half blind and half and they would bring him those sacrifices that he said they're not they're not the sacrifices I want. He said, "Would you bring that before your governor?" Then why are you bringing it to me? He said, "I'm a great king. I I, I deserve honor. I deserve your very best." And so my brothers, now here's this is point number 1 if you don't listen to anything else I say tonight. Remember To honor God. I honor him in my worship. When a family comes to my church and checks their baby into the nursery, at 10 minutes after 12, when a service started at 11, and the service ends at 12.15, they come in in time for the benediction. Now, praise God, they get the benediction. That's awesome. But that tells me a lack of honor. Because surely they could get out of bed in time to make an 11 o'clock service. Come on now, somebody. And I'm not judging anybody, but it happens every Sunday. Streams of people walking in at 10 after 12 trying to check in their babies. That just tells me they do not understand the principle of honor. I met with the governor for six years. God be the glory. Every Wednesday morning, 7.30, 15 of his top staff and often other governors from the nation. And uh, I had Bibles marked. I had their lesson laid out for them. I got there 45 minutes early because I'd never be late for a meeting with the governor of Louisiana, he would pull me in his office, pastor, and say, you see this legislation? What should I do? Should I sign it or should I not? Tell me. And I wasn't up there for political. I just went to teach him the Bible. I said, well, pastor, uh, governor, that's not my... 
He said, he said no, I want to know what you, what you, what do you say? What would you do? And I told him, well, I'd sign it. And he'd sign it. Wow. He had a hurricane, hit our country, our, our coastline, and they were supposed to kill a bunch of people. And I prayed in that Bible study, not one life to be lost. And he went right out, held a press conference, and said, not one life's going to be lost. This that hurricane's going to fall apart. Just what we prayed. And you know what? It did. Not one life was lost. It fell apart on the coast. And I can tell you many stories, but I honored that governor. But I honor my God. And I tell you, when I have an appointment with him at a worship service, I'm coming and I'm going to be there early. I'm going to find me a seat. Come on now. Prayer is the same thing for me. I don't set my alarm to have prayer in the mornings. I ask God to wake me up, and he does. Sometimes it's 3.30, sometimes it's 4.30, but it's never later than 5.30 hardly. And I'll just get a nudge, and I'm wide awake. And I go in my sunroom and sit on my chair, and I begin to lift my hands and worship him. I sing, I exalt thee. I sing, holy, holy, holy. I sing, worthy is the lamb. And I'll tell you a little secret. Sometimes I even get up and dance around the room a little bit for him. I clap my hands for him. It's a command performance. I have my own church service every morning. I had it in my room today. Prayer to me is thinking about God before I think of CNN. Constantly negative news. You know what that stands for, right? I don't want to read emails. I've given God the very first minutes and moments of my life. Turn your day around by focusing first on God and then with my money. I honor God with my money. My daddy taught me this as a baby, that my tithe is the Lord's. It's his. And we're men. We can talk plain, right? We can talk to each other. Because I've dealt with enough men and having all these financial problems. I say, do you honor God with your first fruits? Because Proverbs says, honor the Lord, Proverbs 3, 9, with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. That's, that's your tithe. The first fruits was the tithe. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now, you know what? You can do without. You can doubt and do without, or you can believe and receive. But I'm telling you, if you'll honor the Lord and say, Lord, this 10%, that belongs to you. You're getting yours first. I would rather sleep in a Coleman tent every night and honor God with his tithe. Come on now. It's his. Jesus said it, Matthew 24, that the tithe, you should not just tithe mint, dill, and cumin, but all of the other things. You, these you should have done and not left the other undone. He said in Hebrews that they brought their tithe to Levi, but we bring our tithe to him that liveth forever. Who is that? That's Jesus. Yes. So you honor the Lord. My daddy learned to tithe on the battlefield of World War II. He was, uh, man, he was away from God. He had to clean his teeth three times to get the wine stains off when he came home as a soldier. And he was in a North Africa on a road, and a German plane began to strafe that road, and Daddy jumped behind a four-inch sapling. And he said, God, if you'll spare me, I'll tithe to the First Baptist Church in Picayune, Mississippi. And those bullets came past him, and he could have just died. That would have been it. And that plane kept going. 
And Daddy got down and he said, Lord, I'm going to tithe. And he, he still wasn't right with God, but he started sending his dollar a week to First Baptist Church in Picayune. When he got home, he got saved. God called him to preach. And he said tithing was the first time he ever honored God. And I'm telling you, my brothers, if you'll honor him with your worship, if you'll honor him with your time in prayer, and you'll honor him with your money, honor God. It's easy for me. Honoring God is so easy. Prayer and giving and all that is easy because I honor God. If a man does not honor God, he will never give. He will never want to give to the Lord because he don't honor anybody but himself. Honor the Lord and he will honor you. Amen. I even have chapter and verse for that from 1 Samuel 2.30. Those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Yeah, I'm thankful. If the Lord told me it was 40% to tithe, it's his. I remember teaching Joel, my little boy, about tithing years ago. I, I took 10 pennies and I, I took those 10 pennies and I said, now, Joel, there's all your money. And I took nine of them, put them over on that side and one of them over here. I said, now, those nine belong to you, Joel. And that one over there belongs to God. He looked down at those pennies and his little finger reached over and slid three more of them over on God's side. I said, no, 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 wait, Joe, what are you doing? He said, Daddy, Jesus doesn't have enough on his side. The heart of a child. And it's easy to do that when it's pennies, but when you multiply those zeros, it's a little harder. Isn't that right? Just move the decimal point. That's all you got to do. How much do I tie? Just move that decimal point one place, and you know exactly how, you, how much you tie. That's it. And it's the Lord's and he will bless you. In fact, lift your hands. I want to pray a blessing over every tithing man. I honor you because you do tithe. Father God, thank you for blessing these men who come to church faithfully. These men who are at a Wednesday night, at a men's meeting on a Monday night. These men who pray and these men who give. I honor them. I ask you to honor these men in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Number two, I honor those who hold government offices. I'm talking about the gravity of the kingdom of God. You say, well, I don't, I, I'm a Democrat. I don't believe in those Republicans. Or I'm a Republican. I don't believe in those Democrats. They're the cause of all the problems in the United States. Well, in those days, they had no parties. And Peter spoke about honoring the emperor. 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. Do you know who the emperor was? Not a good man. The emperor was a maniac. The emperor rode in his chariot naked with his homosexual lover at his side, drunk, totally drunk. He rode through his gardens at night and the gardens were lit by Christians who were roped to a pole and set on fire. That was the light in his gardens was Christians that were burning. And yet Peter said, honor Nero. That's Nero. Honor the emperor. That's who he said to honor. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, if I spit down by him, that spit would turn to fire on the ground. But he said, honor him. Now, why do I honor a man who is in a political office? Because I'm looking past the physical person to the office that they occupy. Paul said to pray for those in authority, kings and those in authority. I'm very concerned about what's going on in America right now, deeply. The direction of America, that, I mean, brothers, we're going to have to pull this thing back from the precipice. It's, it, 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 it's, it could be five years off. But at the same time, that never gives me the right to dishonor a person who occupies an office. Come on, I say amen. Because that's what the Word of God says. Number three, I honor people who lead the church. I'm telling you what the, the Spirit of God wrote in the New Testament the seven areas of honor for your life. Honor God first. That's what Peter said. Honor the emperor. Honor those that are in authority. That's police chief. That's, uh, that's, that's said to be a minister of God. Romans 13, he's a minister of God for those that are, that are evil. And then honor those who lead the church. Here's what Paul said to Timothy. Let the elders who rule well. That'd be your pastor would be one for sure. Let the elders who rule well be worthy of double honor. Isn't that an interesting, isn't that an interesting phrase? Double honor. Especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Now, you may not think preaching and teaching is hard work, but it is. I have spent 30 to 40 hours in a week preparing a 40-minute message. I didn't always do that but I have before. It is a lot of brain power exercising. They say that the delivery of one message for an hour is an eight hours of calories you burn in your brain. It is a hard work. And you say, well, I wish I had that kind of hard work. Well, it is. Grab a hold of the load of preparing two or three messages a week for 30 years. It, it ain't no joke. Get your neck broke. Come on now. So you honor and I remember daddy was a Baptist preacher. Everybody say, God bless the Baptists. I love them. But you know, their whole mantra was, Lord, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. This word double honor is actually a word honorarium. That, that's the word. Some translations say honorarium. That's where we get the word from, honorarium. It means to show the financial remuneration that a worker in the kingdom of God deserves. And some people say, well, I didn't like his message this Sunday. I'm withholding my tithe. I've had people say that before. I'm, I'm withholding my tithe in this church. I say, whose tithe? My tithe. Well, that's your problem right there. It's not yours. It's God's. It already belongs to him. And by the way, he doesn't need it. I think he's doing just fine without your tithe. And if you leave, God will send 10 tithing families in your place. Come on now. But never dishonor. And there's other people need to hear this. Never dishonor a man of God who has ruled well. If a man needs discipline, he needs to be disciplined. He needs to be stepped out of the ministry. But when a man like Rex Johnson, I'm going to just call his name because he's been here 25 years serving faithfully, committed here, and there's not one man in this room that can stand up and say, I have a charge against that man's character. Not one. I can promise you that. 
And when I transitioned my church to Jonathan, 7,000 people were there. And he asked me to speak five minutes. And my three overseers were there who oversee my life and hold me accountable and can remove me from ministry. Remove me. Take my ordination. Set my tail down on the front row. And I asked those three men, Brother Clark, Brother Bledsoe, Brother Aguilar, do any of you three men have any charge that's ever been brought against my ministry while I've been pastoring this church? They all three shook their heads, no. I said, it was dangerous. I said, is there anybody in this room today that has any charge against me? Like Samuel said, have I stolen anyone's donkey? Have I defrauded anyone? Please stand and make your accusation. Nobody moved a muscle. I said, thank you. That's all I needed to know. And I walked off the stage because to me, my integrity is worth more than anything I've ever been remunerated for. That's right. Honor that brother. One pastor told my daddy that he didn't think daddy ought to have white sidewall tires. He believed that was a display of extravagance. Oh, really? White sidewall tires. I know, the, I know heaven just backslides over white sidewall tires. But see, that's a mentality of dishonor. Don't do that in the kingdom of God. When people serve the Lord faithfully and they lead and they rule well, you honor those men of God. And I'm telling you, God will pour out the windows of heaven on you. And the fourth thing that I honor, my relationships, this is my gravity, is I honor my father and my mother. Ephesians 6 and verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. You know what that promise is? That your days may be long on this earth. I'm going to tell you a story. My grandparents lived in Picayune, Mississippi, the hub of the universe. And Big Mama had a roof that leaked. She had buckets all around in her kitchen and in her little back patio, her little back dining room. And when it rained, they had buckets all over because their old roof leaked. And Daddy was one of nine children. And most of those boys were very wealthy. One owned a car dealership. One owned a hundred head of Charlet cattle. One of, I mean, they had, they had big money. Not one of them ever moved one muscle or invested a penny to fix her roof. Daddy drove over there. I was a boy. I remember this, Pastor. When he got me up on the roof and he and I changed that roof out, put in felt paper, put nailed on the shingles, and Daddy borrowed $1,000 from the bank. I asked him about it about two weeks ago. How much money did you borrow to do that, Daddy? He said $1,000. And in 1968, that was a lot of money. And he paid it back. took him years to pay it back. Can I tell you something? Every brother is dead except Brother Roy. He's 96 and a half. They all died in their 50s. Now you think about that as however you will. But I think that when you honor your parents, don't you begrudge. If you have to spend a little of your money to take care of them in their later years, don't you be mad about it. My daddy lives with me right now. He's 96 and a half. I have him a little bed. He has a button. He can raise it up and down. He's on oxygen. I bathe him twice a week. I shave him. He says, Larry, I'm too big of a burden on you. Put me somewhere. I, 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 I'm a burden on you. I said, Daddy, you're our greatest blessing. You're our progenitor. You're our father. You're our founder. Papa, we serve the Lord because of you. 
And I put a little piece of paper up on the wall before I left. Leave on Saturday, come back on Tuesday. Brother Roy lays there in that three days and he looks at that piece of paper about when Larry's coming home. I changed my flight. I want to get in early in the morning and see Papa. I'm honoring my daddy. And let me tell you something, nothing's going to, if I have to give my paycheck, if I have to sleep out in the car, whatever that man of God needs, it's his. And I'm blessed. Can I tell you, the Lord has blessed me this last four or five years. He's been living with me six years. And it's just like the windows of heaven. I had four grandsons in the last eight months. I, I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, thank you, Lord. God has blessed me. I tell you, he's blessing me. Because, and my days are long. I'm claiming that promise. Billy Graham is a month older than Daddy. And I often think, what if Billy Graham was in that apartment? wonder how I'd be taking care of him, Dr. Graham, with the utmost care. That's how I'm taking care of Brother Roy. I want his toenails clipped. I want everything about him. I, I comb his hair and hold a mirror up in front of him. He's been in bed all day. He ain't been out of his pajamas in eight months. But I want him, I, he's there with dignity. I, I want him to feel honored. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Yes, Lord. Number five, I honor my children. You say, them little old kids ain't ever caused me anything but trouble. Well, you know what? Let me talk to you a little bit about children. Mine are grown now, and I honor my children. In fact, my second son is now my pastor. I have whipped his bazooty at least 300 times. (laughs) Jonathan was a rounder. Can I tell you, keeping up with that one? Oh, my Lord. It was all leadership juices working in him, obviously. (laughs) But I whipped him. He climbed out of the back of a motorhome one time, tried to escape from a vacation. I mean, that that dear brother was something else. (laughs) And I won't go into all of his sins. But can I tell you, now I look at him and I've submitted my ministry to him. I don't tell him what to do. I'm looking beyond Jonathan to the position he occupies. You cannot look at what you see with your physical eyes. You look at the position they are in the kingdom of God and that they occupy. You honor that. When Jacob came to Egypt, he he bowed down before his son Joseph who he probably whipped him many times. Now he's the ruler, the emperor at the right hand of Pharaoh, and he honored his own son. Joseph saw it in a dream. He saw his father and mother bowing down before him. And that's important. Remember that. I don't know where your kids are. Maybe you treat them like dirt, and you just tell them they're stupid, and you all that. Okay. You're sowing the seeds of your own destruction. One of mine got away from God. And, man, he was something. And we had to restore him. And when God restored him, he wanted to go to college. He had flunked out of college. And I said, I believe that's a great idea. He said, Daddy, I don't know if I have it in me to make it in college. I said, you're going to make it. We got him in a college in Florida. His first test, he made 100. He called me. I said, that's awesome. He never made below a 99 on a test in three and a half more years of college. 
When he graduated, we had our tickets to fly down there, our whole family. And I got word that they were honoring him at a special assembly of the college. And I couldn't miss that, so I flew a week ahead of that, and I was going back for the graduation. He didn't know I was coming. I surprised him. And I sat in the back of the chapel, tried to look as much like a kid as I could. (laughs) And the dean of the business school got up and said, in 15 years as the dean here, I've never had a student like this one. I want to give a special honor today to a student. It's the best student I've ever had in 15 years. And this boy was in deep trouble. God rescued him. And he brought him up, put a medal, looked like an Olympic medal around him. And I was in the back. I thought, oh, my goodness. And the things he said about my son, I just couldn't believe it. Well, when it was over, I saw him head to the side door. And I made a beeline for that lobby. And before he got through the panic hardware in the vestibule, I called his name. He turned and looked at me. And God is my witness. Tears shot straight out of his eyes. I didn't, know, I didn't know that could even happen. And I got my arm around him. He said, Dad, I was so hoping you would be here to hear those things they said about me. I said, I heard every word, son. Let's go get some pizza. You know that boy? took the CPA exam and was in the top 20 people of the United States out of almost 100,000. And he's our CFO at the church right now. And I honor him. Yes, he does run my, my own personal W-2 and all that. Now, Dad, that's, you be careful that you can't do that. Be there. I honor him. I look beyond where he was to the office he occupies. Is somebody getting anything out of this? And then, I, I, this is my, my last one. I got two more. I honor my wife. Wow. You're having marriage problems? I'm going to tell you your problem. It all boils down to 1 Peter 3. You're not, you're not obeying it. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wife according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel. I was in Kazakhstan watching TV. There's nothing on TV, but I saw some female weightlifters and a lady deadlifted 450 pounds. That is not a weaker vessel right there. I praise God I married a weaker vessel. How about you? But the Bible says give honor to her that your prayers be not hindered. You're praying about your business and you're like somebody that's trying to get a Christmas tree to light up and it's unplugged. You can shout at it, yell at it, pray about it, scream, but you need to go plug it back into the wall. Honor plugs you into God's blessing. And when you honor your wife, you'll be blessed. She'll light up like a Christmas tree. But if you don't honor her, your prayers, God says, I cannot answer your prayers. Did you get that? 
I was watching a special in Nigeria, and there ain't nothing on TV there either, but it, the BBC had a special about Queen Elizabeth. I'm trying to land the plane now, guys. I'm, I really am conscious of that. But Queen Elizabeth was 25 years old when she became queen. I'm watching this on TV. She had a gold dress on made out of solid gold thread. She had a crown on her head that was nothing but diamonds and rubies and emeralds that the archbishop put on her head and said, Be thou the defender of Christianity in the British Empire. And that little 25-year-old girl was doing like that. And now it had been 60 years since she became queen. He put a mace in her hand. The diamond on the top of it looked like a tennis ball. I mean, that little thing you gave your wife for a wedding you were so proud of, it ain't no big deal, brothers, trust me. <laughs> 60 years later, she has never had a driver's license in 60 years. Men show for her everywhere she goes. She has not opened a door in public in 60 years. When she walks, grown men break their neck to get that door open in front of her. They go to the car and they've got the door open and they're helping the queen to get into her seat and they close the door. And I watched that and God said, you're not treating your wife like a queen. I want you to honor her the same way. And you know how they did? They put her throne on the banks of the river that goes through London, the River Thames. And you know how many ships sailed up the river in her honor? A thousand ships with the sailors in dress white saluting a little woman sitting on a chair for heaven's sakes. It's not the person. It's the position they occupy. You say, I ain't going to honor thy wife like that. We were down on vacation and a man was moving into a first floor condominium. Had him a cigar and a Budweiser in his hand. He was out on the porch. He said, woman, I told you to go unload that truck. My wife was thinking, oh, Lord. <laughs> you do that, okay? And you watch God hinder your prayers. But I treat my wife like the queen, and she treats me like the king. Yes, I do open doors in front of her. Yes, I walk beside her, not 10 feet in front of her. Yes, I do open the door. Yes, I do drive her places. Yes, when she walks in the room, if I'm already up, I stand to my feet and walk across the room. I don't slouch back. I get up. That's the queen. My wife has walked in the room. You say, I ain't doing that to my wife. You're looking at the physical person, not the position they occupy. God will bless you. Just try it when you get home. Shit, mama ain't going to know you've been here. <laughs> Next time you go get in the car, walk around to her side, open that car door, and when you pick her up off the parking lot, <laughs> help her get in the car, close the door. Watch what happens in your marriage when you are very sensitive and attentive to every need she has. I'm telling you, Melanie and I, our marriage, it's up here right now. It's, it's so high, I can't even describe it. And the, and the last one is I honor every person. The Bible says, outdo one another in showing honor 
This is Romans chapter 12. For James says, you have dishonored the poor man. I believe the gravity of the kingdom of God is very critical in this area. God honors everybody. It don't matter if you're a flea bit beggar in the streets of Calcutta. It really doesn't matter to me what race or color you are. I don't even notice. I look beyond the physical to the position you occupy as a human being. I had a lady in my church, very illiterate, Sister Craft. She's with the Lord now. And she would come out every Sunday and ask me a prayer request. Pastor, I need you to pray for something. What's that, Sister Craft? She said one time she told me, I need you to pray for my satanic nerve. It's really bothering me. (laughs) And if you've ever had that, that's a pretty good description of it, isn't it? One time she said, pray for my uncle. He's got an angerine in his head. She asked to pray for Val Lafleur. She said she's eaten up with apparatus. That's arthritis. She said, call it apparatus. One time she told me she enjoyed a message so much that she was going to go buy the BVD copy of that. I started my own underwear line. Once she said, pray for my uncle. What's wrong, Sister Craft? She said, they put a stench in his heart. That's a stent. You know what? I honored that lady. She went through our leadership school and she led a cell group a number of years before she went to heaven. You honor people. Pastor Rex honors people. That's why this church is full of people. Everybody walks in the door, he honors them. It don't matter if they tithe, if they don't tithe, if they give, if they don't give, it doesn't make any difference. I honored, I had businessmen, one man gave $100,000 to Surge this morning, giving it this morning, they said, to plant one church. That's good. I know those men. I love them. They're great guys. And then I've got a widow that gives me a jar of jelly and needs the jar back. She tells me that every time she gives me a jar of jelly. Could I get that jar back from you? Sure, sure, sister. But I honor that little lady. This is the secret of life. You're a big employer. Okay, great. How about the guy out there in the back parking lot that's unloading trucks? Walk out there with him one day. Just stand by and say, buddy, let me shake your hand. I just want you to know I honor you. It's hot out here. It's really hot out here. And I I honor you. I appreciate you working for our company. See, everything changes. A coach that honors his players. A neighbor that honors his neighbors. I mean, we could just go down the whole road, but I'm through preaching. I mean, I've... I've given you enough, and I'm just showing you everything makes sense when you honor. It's like gravity. It just holds your whole life together. Come on, let's honor God together. Yes, Lord. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, honor the Lord. He's a great king. He's a mighty king. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He that honors me, I will honor. Close your eyes with me. Salvation 
is honoring the gift of God. He gave his son Jesus to hang naked on a cross and be nailed there six hours and shed every drop of his blood until only water came out that you might be saved. You and I and our filthy self, our little tiny human self, he sent the divine being, Jesus of Nazareth. When I, when I accept him and surrender to him, like those three wise men, they looked beyond a baby in the manger and gave their gold, frankincense and myrrh. Who in this room would say to me tonight, Pastor, I've got sin in my heart. And I want to get the sin out of my heart. That's been what you've been saying has been the problem. I have not honored Jesus' sacrifice, his blood that he shed. Like that man putting devil down the flag. It represented the soldiers that have shed their blood. He honored them. And all salvation is honoring God's great gift. If you're here and you would say, Pastor, please don't close this meeting without giving me a chance to make my peace with God, to settle my eternal destiny, to get my name written with the script of an angelic writer in the Lamb's book of life so that I know that I'm ready for heaven should I die even tonight in my sleep, that I'm ready. There might be a man here, and I've preached services where a person left that service and was dead before they got home. I'm not prophesying that, but I'm telling you, you cannot play with your eternal soul. If you're here and you would be honest, nobody's looking, you would say, include me in that simple prayer to move from darkness to light. What I want you to do right now, where you're standing without hesitation, slip up your hand, hold it up high, and leave it there. Just do it. Just do, that's honoring God. That's right. Many men. Now, men, I want you to tell me your first step of honoring God by stepping out of your seats, all of you with your hand raised, and say, I honor God more than men. I don't care what men think. I honor God. I want to be saved. Get out of your seats. Come stand across the front. Come here quickly. Come here quickly. Brisket is good. We thank God for food, natural food. But we came here for men to get saved. That's why I'm doing model man. I believe there's a harvest field of men in the United States waiting to get right. And turn their marriages around, turn their families around, turn their kids around, turn their businesses around to honor others in the business world, to honor their customers. It'll, it'll change everything. Come up here quickly. Get Form me a line all across the front here. And I'm going to pray over you guys. So many of you. Let's give them a hand clap. We honor these guys who have come forward to be saved. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. And for more information from Pastor Stockstill, please visit larrystockstill.com. Thank you for listening.